Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He is the voice of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. With an iconic touchdown call that echoes throughout the kingdom. He will walk into the end zone. It's 4 o'clock on Monday, which means one thing. Mitch Holtis joins CDOT on the drive. Hey, how about those We've got Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, joining us in studio. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Centers. Mitch, what was it like to call a game on Christmas? You don't get that many chances. You've actually called as many games on Christmas as you've called Super Bowls now at this point. Let's see. I was trying to think. We played the Raiders on Christmas. We played the Broncos on a Christmas night. That was Dontari Poe. Hungry Pig is passing. There was one on the road. That might have been Christmas Eve, but maybe a handful. But it was a little bit weird. But once you got into the game, you know, you're not thinking about Santa Claus or anything else. So, uh I was wired into that game, man. I wanted that one to win the division for an eighth straight time and got a do-over this week. But it's really crazy. I, you know, I was that was part of my thesis points last week was the fact that uh, the Broncos have won the division 15 times, the Raiders have won it 15 times, the Chargers have won it 15 times, and the Chiefs have won it 15 times. So to get the 16th one and be is a bigger deal than people think, and so we get a do-over this week. Right now, we're joined in studio by Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot to get into. I think you could say that this was maybe the most disappointing loss that they've had during the Mahomes era. They haven't lost a whole lot of games. Maybe that road game against the Tennessee Titans. But I think you and I, we've kind of both had this feeling that, hey, eventually this offense is going to turn a corner. They're going to be able to flip this switch, start playing a little bit more discipline, start to figure some things out. I mean, this offense was probably as bad as it's been so far this season in the loss yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think at least for some people, maybe that realization of, hey, maybe this team won't turn the corner the way that I had anticipated hit them yesterday. For them to get booed off the field, losing to the Raiders for a team that it's not like Las Vegas was playing exceptionally well yesterday. I just thought Kansas City made a couple of mistakes and that ended up being the difference in who won or lost that game. I felt like yesterday was maybe the most disappointing loss they've had since Mahomes has taken over as a starter. Well, Super Bowl 55 comes to mind. I would put that ahead of, of this game. But as far as regular season games, it's it's right in there. Now, I would disagree with you with the standpoint that I thought the Raiders' defensive front played exceptionally well. They had an awesome scheme. And that front seven, because we overlook guys um, 
like Wilson, the rookie out of Texas Tech, who had been injured earlier. You put him on the interior um, with Nichols, who had the scoop and score. But then Max Crosby and Malcolm Kuntz were awesome yesterday. And they go to those wide nine techniques. And their linebackers have been playing. Diablo's been playing very well. And Spillane's playing at a real high level. Only Fred Warner is ranking ahead of him in coverage plays for all linebackers in the league. So that group did make it difficult. But, I mean, there were still chances to uh, win that game. I mean, the Chiefs had the ball almost 20 minutes on three separate drives and did not score. And then they, the fateful 12 points in a matter of, what, 12 seconds or so. But still, and still at the end, there's a chance to win the game. And there were special teams gaps. You lose by six and you miss a 36-yard field goal. You have a 25-yard punt that leads directly to a field goal. So there's culpability everywhere. But I also don't want to take away from the Raiders, who had an excellent plan and came in with their hair on fire. So credit to Antonio Pierce. I don't want to eliminate the Chiefs. And I know some people have, hey, this team can't put it together. This team can't win the Super Bowl. I'm not at that point with Kansas City. I'm still holding on in that regard. But I do question if this team can sort of get out of their way long enough to do it. You mentioned some of the mistakes that they made yesterday. You had back-to-back defensive touchdowns from the Las Vegas Raiders. You then missed a field goal right before. At the end of the game, I mean, all you needed was one more stop from the defense to get off the field. Las Vegas had the ball with three minutes to go. Chiefs had two timeouts and the two-minute warning. Everybody in the stadium knew that Las Vegas is going to run the football. They hadn't thrown it for the last three quarters, and they get 66 yards rushing on their last drive. It just feels like this team so far this season – hasn't been able to get out of its way long enough to really catch any momentum to start playing their best football down the stretch. So my answer to you would be in the context of what happens between now and Sunday. And I know in your show, and there's folks that are thinking globally, or, hey, there's not going to be a parade from this team. or But really where this team is at within the context of Tuesday at 4 o'clock until Sunday night at 8 o'clock, is where their focus has to be. So you're asking, you know, a pertinent question. Can they, as you put it, get out of their own way and fix it? That becomes, you know, the crux of the matter over the next 96 hours. And to do it against a Bengals team where here you are again. Uh, I've never seen this before in 30 years in the league because it hasn't happened in 35 years. But I do see the, the uh, impact of teams having extra days. And now you're playing a fifth straight opponent that will have extra days. I mean, the Raiders went from Thursday of the previous week to Monday of the next week. That's an advantage in December. The Bills had two weeks. The Packers had 10 days. The uh, the, uh, Patriots had, I believe, nine days. And now you have the Bengals who have extra days. I think they played Saturday to Sunday. So um, you're dealing with what else? What do they have up their sleeve you haven't seen? Because in December, one, you're getting player rest. That, that affected uh, positively for the Raiders, Cosby, or uh, Max Crosby. But then you're also getting these wrinkles of like, well, we haven't even seen that before because teams have about 48 to hours to put something else in at least. So you have to expect the unexpected, but you also have to corral in your own energy. So the discussion now is can this team get ready to play and beat Cincinnati? Don't think about anything else but that. And if you do, you'll win the division title. You're guaranteed a home game, and you can push on to the Chargers. But you've the mindset of this team has to somehow figure out, don't turn it over. I mean, they're last in the league right now with 26 giveaways. That's and a 9-6 and six team. I mean, there's 20 holds. That's the most in the league. There's 
uh, 30 drops. That's the most in the league, and they're 9-6. and six. So it's like, okay, how do you beat Cincinnati, which will be a tall task? Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously have a great coaching staff, right? Like Matt Nagy has been an NFL head coach. Andy Reid is one day going to be in Canton. Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator extraordinaire. He's been a head coach in this league. At times, they look like a team that is poorly coached. Like all the things that you just said about them and the penalties and the turnovers and some of the mistakes and lack of attention to detail. I mean, they had an offensive offsides a couple of weeks ago against Buffalo. They have another one in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that's maybe of all the things this season that maybe stand out to me the most is their lack of attention to detail and cleaning up some of the mental mistakes. You're going to have physical mistakes, right? You're going to have pass interference. You're going to have holding. You're going to have those things that happen over the course of 60 minutes. It is those mental mistakes that have continued to cost this team every single week. Well, it's there. I I was giving you facts, right? I'm not giving you uh, opinion. This, This team has a superb list of coaches who won a lot of games and won a lot of playoff games. They won a lot of divisions and they carry Super Bowl rings around. But to win this week, to beat Cincinnati, you can't you, – you've got to be somehow positive in the giveaway takeaway. I mean, minus 10, to be 9-6 and six with minus 10, nine and 10 or uh, minus 10 is a minor miracle. But that can be done. It's not like the season's over, let's just collapse and shut everything down. Because of this coaching staff, and I do have belief in this staff, particularly in Coach Reed, because I've, I've talked to this – to you repeatedly what's underrated about him is his ability to patch the boat now to your point you're thinking well shouldn't it be patched by now i'm my answer to you is the next 96 hours and can you patch it and win this game reduce the turnovers be be better in execution uh defensively don't get caved in and give up 54 yards in the last minute of the game don't have a 25 yard punt don't miss a 36-yard field goal. Don't hold. Don't line up offside. It's all of that, and that's uh, in the realm of trying to get all that fixed. And this staff can fix it. I've seen him do it time and time again, especially the head coach. Mitch, on the game in the game yesterday, they're running back. So not counting Patrick Mahomes' carries. He had 10 carries for 53 yards. A lot of those were just, hey, I got to make a play happen. Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 15 carries for 32 yards in the game. Does that say a lot about the defensive line for Las Vegas and how they played? You mentioned Max Crosby, or do you think that's about this offensive line? And it wasn't just Max Crosby. I mean, Malcolm Kuntz had a phenomenal game, but what we underrated, or what, I wouldn't say the team underrated it, but that those defensive interior guys, when you play the wide nine, that's a lot of room for two or three guys to cover. If anything, if Coach might have had overs, he would have just tried to just run right at him some, not running counters, where the counter leads, it might be just a few more plays of power. Or if you run the Wildcat, which were perimeter Wildcat plays, sometimes you just run Pacheco and just get him in the A gap and see what you can get done uh, and try to, to beat those guys. Actually, my focus this week, I'm, I'm Matt McMullen and I, the senior team reporter, are doing a podcast on the offensive line. There's something called OL Masterminds, which is basically an offensive line university of which uh, Creed Humphrey – and Trey Smith are very involved with. So is Mitchell Schwartz, former player, has been. And then Wanye Morris also went to this offensive line university. And it's never been more difficult to play offensive line in this league. The impeccable nature that you have to have in intelligence and size and communication and understanding, 
shows up in a game like yesterday when you have a team that's resting, their hair's on fire, and they're throwing curveballs at you. I mean, they're throwing Mariano Rivera sinkers at you, and you're trying to hit it. And with so, again, 96 hours, what do you got? You have a Bengals team that's missing DJ Reader, one of those interior guys, but they have Trey Hendrickson, who CDOT is the most underrated edge player in the National Football. I liked him a lot with the Bengals. And, and with the Saints, I mean, I remember him like, cutting Clyde in half in the 2020 COVID game uh, down in New Orleans. But he's got 16 sacks. He's second in the league. And his yardage on those sacks is second only to Khalil Mack. I mean, that's what you're facing this week. And Logan Wilson at middle linebacker. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt, the Nebraska corners, having a good year. So you're facing it again. <laughs> it goes back to the 96 hours of this offensive line having their own little offensive line university because I think it starts with those guys this week. In fact, I mean, if I see them just casually, I go, man, because part of the podcast was called Catalyst for Victory. I think it starts with those guys. And that means maybe you just plow the ball into the line and not do a bunch of you know perimeter runs, but you do some power rows and, and uh, leads and just get three or four yards. There's times that's valuable, even if nothing else, just to probe the middle of that defense, particularly if they're playing that wide nine tech. You've mentioned it a couple times about the Raiders playing with their hair on fire. Do you think that Antonio Pierce did enough to win that job full-time yesterday? Yes, yes, yes. If if they don't, then the Raiders need to be investigated. Like, there's some – he's not only did it in that game, he's really done it overall. They have five defensive scores under him. And they've had three, scoop, uh, three pick sixes and two scooping scores. He transformed their whole defense. Robert Spillane – is used to be like an okay linebacker with the Steelers. Now he looks like a pro bowler. And they've got enough up front. Well, that, that's a stout group defensively, but it's their attitude and intensity that they played with yesterday. I mean, I'm going to go to my grave, I think, and never see this again, where a team does not have a completion for three quarters and wins a game. I mean, that's crazy. Um, and so, and again, it was the, kind of the same theme where they give up some yardage. They, again, they talked about the 20 minutes of three possessions and getting no points. The Chiefs have got to find a way to score when they get in the red zone. you got first and goal at the nine. you got to get in there with a touchdown this week. I, I look at the Raiders as an organization that maybe tried to be something they weren't with Josh McDaniels in terms of the hire when you, know, you had the interim coach that got him to the playoffs. It felt like the players were going to play for him. I wonder if they're going to make that same mistake again. I felt like the Raiders in Oakland had an identity, and I think they lost that when they lost to Las Vegas. Like, you left the community. You left kind of an identity of what it meant to be the Raiders. I think they have that with Antonio Pierce. Obviously, they need to make some improvements. you got to get better at quarterback. you got to do some certain things, but I'm with you. Like, they play with a certain measure of toughness that they didn't have at the early part of the season. And his point, a quote that I heard, I didn't hear him say it directly, but he goes, the Chiefs look tired. Let's go out and hit him in the mouth. And that's basically what happened. And so hopefully the Chiefs can find, you know, second gear to punch first or punch back against a Cincinnati team that will try to do the same thing. But back to your point on Antonio Pierce, Spags was talking about him long before we saw this Raider turnaround because he had him in New York. And Coach tried to hire him. Uh, and when uh, Matt House went to LSU, Coach tried to get Antonio Pierce, but he's decided to stay at Arizona State at the time. He was in a college ball then. But, I mean, he's – yeah, but but you know what? It's a it's a whole discussion of how some of these guys get jobs. You talk about the Raiders and Josh McDaniel. You know these agents are involved. Agents are involved in the coaching hires way more than anybody um, 
gives it credence to it. We talk about agents with players, but we don't talk about it in terms of coaches. The agents get in front of owners or whomever is going to be involved in the search for the owner to get the coach, and they wedge in there. So Josh McDaniel's agent's going to get him that job. And then the owner has to have, you know, the, but, but here's a guy right in front of you that deserves to be a head coach. So I think Mark Davis would be crazy not to give Antonio Pearson. They're going to be a factor in the division. Right now, we're joined in studio by Mitch Holtz. It's brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Centers. I saw the advanced chart yesterday, the pass chart. And out of Patrick Mahomes, 44 passes, 18 of them were at the line of scrimmage or behind. We are used to this offense being a quick strike down the field, big play offense. It feels like all of that has been sort of taken away. And I think defenses have really adjusted to that. There's not really a threat for Kansas City to beat you downfield. And teams are playing closer and closer to the line of scrimmage. And it's really caused some disruption, I think, with the timing of Kansas City's offense. Yeah, and it's, again... With the way teams are playing the Chiefs now, you have to be careful. I'm going to give you a baseball analogy. Let's say Mahomes is a 40-home run hitter and everybody keeps throwing him outside pitches. To try to pull that pitch is not a good thing. Where I think the Chiefs, first of all, um, and there were some opportunities missed yesterday because the Raiders were basically giving some 8 to 10 to 12 yards. I think this goes back to about three weeks ago. I told you this is the way the NFL has gone. They're not, there's not a lot of teams that are getting 50-yard bombs down the field. If you watch the Ravens last night decimate the 49ers, they're hitting mid-level range passes and then either getting yak yards, uh, mostly yak yards, or making plays by the wide receiver. But there's going to be opportunities at 8 to 10 to 12 yards. You have to execute those plays with more proficiency and precision, and a guy like Rashi Rice is, is built for that. They, they missed one yesterday. In fact, I was just looking at the video of it as we were working before the podcast today, and Pat thinks he's going to move like one step further, and he's, he's in, in uh, Rashi turns, and the pass is offline. If you hit that, that's going to be a 10-yard gain. That's where you have to live right now in the NFL, and then you'll take a shot to give the baseball analogy where either pitcher makes a mistake or they try to throw one inside, then you pull it out of the park. Otherwise, take the pitch to right and get base hits. And that's where um, this team is misfiring right now is just on the precision of that 8 to 10 to 12 yards. I want to see a little bit more of a calming presence from Mahomes and Kelsey. feels like for the last three weeks we've had to respond to something with Patrick on the sideline, whether it was the Buffalo game, whether it was after the interception against the New England Patriots, yesterday when he was kind of challenging the offensive line a little bit. I mean, Kelsey at this point has thrown his helmet at least four or five times over the course of the season for various things that have gone wrong. I'm a big believer that like teams take on the personality of its leaders. And I just think that as things are, as things feel like they are kind of closing in against Kansas city and the offense, I kind of want to see a little bit more calming presence from their two hall of fame players. I think with Kels, there was frustration in himself yesterday, the drop pass on a, I mean, that's a flood route, right? It's the first play from scrimmage. That's going to be a seven yard gain. And that's, that's another play you have to have, especially when you have these nine technique edge rushers, you can max protect it. And Patrick's great on these plays where he'll flow and either throw back or go play side and Kels didn't get it. And then you're like, man, you got to have Kels. So I think he was frustrated with himself and then I think there's frustration with the fact that he's just getting hugged and bit and pinched and pulled and doubled and 
yanked around, and that just, that just wears on you uh, over time. So go back to my thesis of the 96 hours for Patrick and Kels in this 96 hours or so to prep to beat the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals for Kels is like, what are we going to do? How are we going to combat it? Because they're going to double me again. But what do we potentially do and execute that and work on that, whether that's a big play or not? And it may be just like taking it one step further um, in trying to live off it, take what they give you or create something um, even in the shorter range and then open up something after that. It's got to be sequential. But I I think for a a reboot for those guys, for the two guys you mentioned for 15 and 87, I think that will happen. I believe in those guys. But it's, it's necessary for that to happen, to focus in on Cincinnati to win this game. Don't think at anything else or what's happened or will happen this game. They've lost five of their last eight games. There's obviously two weeks left in the regular season. Who knows what version of the Chargers you're going to get. One week they got beat by 70 points by the Las Vegas Raiders. Then they were actually very competitive this past Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. What kind of reset would you like to see? Like I, I feel like we're kind of at that point here where – who knows how it can end for the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, it's not outside the realm of possibility that the Chiefs kind of figure things out and go on a little bit of a run here and find themselves back in the AFC Championship game, or this team could lose in the first round to the Browns or the Bills. It's really up to them and and what they can fix over the course of the next three weeks because they are going to be playing in Wild Card Weekend. What do you want this organization, this team, to get back to focusing on these final two weeks of the regular season? I'm not going to go two weeks. I'm just going to go this week because you if you – if you somehow can win this game this week and nail it, and it won't necessarily be pretty because Cincinnati won't let it be pretty, but if you can beat them, and Jake Browning's playing at a high level. I mean, he's 3-2. and two. Uh, If you look at his completion percentage, his first four games was the best for a quarterback since 1950. I mean, he's just been awesome on a guy that's been bouncing around with 23 player transactions with two different teams over the span since 2019. So it won't be easy. But you're asking me what would I do, and it would be – a, an extra focus on the Cincinnati Bengals, pouring everything into this game. For example, the, the Charger game does not exist. It will when it gets there. But to look too far ahead, I think, has been some of the issue with the team this year. One, they've been asked to do a lot, meaning you're playing five teams with extra rest, consecutive teams in December. That's a lot to ask. Playing it and being the most popular team, we're going to move you around at all different dates and times. And I mean, this has been built in uh, – almost feels like, you know, trying to get the Chiefs knocked out. But the only way, the only way to answer your question, to approach it, is to focus on the Cincinnati Bengals in every way, shape, and form. Where do we start and offensively at the least common denominator to be able to be more precise, um, to play cleaner, to hit the 12-yard gain, hit the 8-yard gain, then take a shot, and maybe you hit that. But... um, a complete focus on Cincinnati. Anything other than that is just not right over the next several days. I mean, I'm looking at the wild card picture in the AFC. I feel pretty confident that both Cleveland and Buffalo are going to make it. I mean, Cleveland's going to probably get to 11 wins. Buffalo, they play New England this week, so they'll get to at least double-digit wins, and then we'll see what happens in the final week of the regular season. But then you have you have four teams in the AFC that all have eight wins. Indianapolis, Houston, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati right now, they're the 10th seed, but obviously they're tied with the team that would make the postseason. I mean, this is 
this is as important of a game for Cincinnati that it can be. If you lose this game, if you're Cincinnati, you are probably eliminated from the postseason. If you win, then who knows week 18, what scenario can potentially get you win. But this is a must win game for Cincinnati. You mentioned a team coming in, playing in with their hair on fire. I mean, Cincinnati is going to have even more fire than what the Raiders had last week. And there's history with these two teams, obviously with the three regular season games since Patrick Mahomes became QB one and the two playoff games. And that goes back to my protection. That that's another key piece this week. I'm talking about Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard or the rest of that defense. They've sacked the Bengals have sacked Mahomes 11 times, seven times in the two playoff games, seven times and four other times in the three regular season games. So getting behind the chains against this team is not the thing to do either. But you're again facing a team with their – the only team that hasn't had its hair on fire has been New England. I mean, they're out of it. But when you played Green Bay, they had extra days to rest. They're trying to stay in the fold. You played Buffalo, people are saying maybe they're out of it. They get two weeks to prepare for you, hair's on fire. This group let yesterday, same thing. They're thinking they can win the division. If they went out and the Chiefs lose out, the Raiders could go. And that's what, that's what they're playing for. And Cincinnati's doing the same thing. Since that list that you just gave, since he's going, well, we could be in there with the rest of these guys. And everybody thought with Joe Burrow going out, they're done. No, they're not. Browning has played uh, to that level. And they've got enough playmakers with Joe Mixon and T. Higgins. And who knows if Chase is coming back enough, or coming back or not. They've got enough playmakers to be a factor not only this week but in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's on. That's what I'm saying. You can't think about anything else in the galaxy but the Cincinnati Bengals. You got Chiefs Kingdom this week? Yep, tonight. Tonight. Okay. Where is it? 135th Street. Yeah, no, normally Rob tells me where it is, but Rob's not here today. So we got JV, and we're not, we're not bringing it up? But yeah, I don't, I don't even know where it is. Where is where, where's Chiefs Kingdom today? 135th Street, Overland Park. We're going to be waiting on you. Who's going to be there? Willie Lanier, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He, you got a Hall of Famer to come out? He's got to wear his jacket Canton, today. Ohio. 135th, he's got to wear his jacket. 135th Street, it will be Canton, Ohio tonight. The other thing we're going to do, and I want to mention this because I talked about the offensive line, and this was part uh, of my thesis this week, but Ed Buddy, his service is tomorrow. Ed Buddy is a kind of forgotten dude, I think, in the realm of talking about greatness in, the, in pro football and the Chiefs. CDOT. There is no 65 TPT without Ed Buddy. There's no 65 toss power trap. It ain't going to happen. Dave Hill pulls. It would have been the, the same result, possibly, of what happened yesterday on the fumble back at the 13-yard line because that play got screwed up because of the penetration by the Raiders, right? And uh, Pacheco's like, oh, my gosh, in a split second, he's trying to, and then it gets fumbled. We know that the result. 65 toss power trap could have had the same result, except – Ed Buddy destroyed his dude. He makes the key block, and nobody talks about it because it's just a play side straight ahead. Oh, it looks unspectacular block. That's kind of the way Ed's career was. 14 years, he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I have no earth. Why, why is he not in the Pro Football? He and Otis Taylor. But it's almost like the Hall of Fame's going, we have too many Chiefs from that era in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, including Willie tonight. But it's a worthy discussion to somehow make a push to get Ed Buddy 14 seasons way ahead of his time. Size, strength, athleticism, intelligence, durability, all the things you want in a Hall of Fame offensive lineman the Chiefs had in Ed Buddy. And so we also deal with that because of the offensive line university and the offensive line this week for the Chiefs to me is the catalyst for victory. 
That is our guy, Mitch Holt, is joining us in studio, brought to you by uh, Silverstein Eye Centers. Mitch, Happy New Year. I'll see you after the first of the year. Beat the Bengals. Absolutely. Win a division. Just just beat the Bengals. Nothing else matters in life. That is Mitch Holt is joining us in studio. We'll get back to Chiefs and Raiders coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. As I've been about the Chiefs, I'm torn to the fact that I feel like I'm on the fence about Kansas City. If I was out on the Chiefs, I would tell you guys. Now, you guys would be mad and huff and puff and call me negative and buzz Killington. You guys do that anyway. So that's not a deterrent for me if I was 100% out on the Chiefs. I can't do it. Like, I can't bring myself to come on here and tell you guys I don't think that the Chiefs have a chance. Despite, I would say, all the evidence that would suggest they don't really have a chance. Like, if you think the Chiefs can still win the Super Bowl, when have they looked like a team that could win the Super Bowl? And have you seen them play consistent enough to really think that that is a possibility? But there was a story that I was reading earlier today, and we can take calls before the top of the hour, 913-586-7610. We'll have open phone lines the rest of the way leading up to the hits. I was reading a story on Yahoo.com, and the story was from Frank Schwab. And his blurb about the Chiefs was this. I know that the Chiefs aren't what they usually have been, but let me ask you a simple question before I cross them off. Are you really sure that Patrick Mahomes can't turn it around and carry this team for a few weeks? With how poorly the Chiefs played yesterday, they still had a chance to win. I was not the only person that when they scored a touchdown and there were three minutes left in the game, you were thinking to yourself, man, they might win this game. 
Now, maybe that is me making excuse for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I can own that. This is me just simply talking out why I am so conflicted on where I stand about the Chiefs. I'm a big believer that at this point you are what you are, and you got to start playing your best football. And the Chiefs in their last eight games are three and five. Over that stretch, they are averaging 18 and a half points in their last eight games. They only have two games in that stretch in which they've scored more than 21 points. In that eight-game stretch, they have turned the ball over 15 times. The Chiefs have now turned the ball over more than any team in the National Football League. I know all of the stats about Kansas City. I can sit here and I can give you every single stat of why I could be out on the Kansas City Chiefs. I just can't do it with Patrick Mahomes. I really can't do it. I'm not saying I want to do it. I just can't get myself to say that they don't have a chance, especially when I don't really love anybody else in the AFC. Baltimore's better than them. I I mean, I, I don't think I'm telling you anything earth-shattering. I'm not even sure if they're better than Cleveland, to be honest with you. I think Buffalo is better than them. But I'm really going to pick Joe Flacco to go on a run? He's 37 years old. I don't like Miami. I just, I'm not a Miami believer. Like, everything is telling me I should probably be out the Chiefs business. I should probably be done. And that the Chiefs' most likely outcome is a first or a second round exit. Like, that's what they look like. They look like a team that wins one of these next two games, that wins their division, they play Buffalo in round one, and they quietly go into the night. Or they play Cleveland, and on that Monday afterwards, we talk about all the mistakes that they made and how they got upset at home against Cleveland. You know that they are 4-4 four and four in home games? I don't even know if having the home game is an advantage. They've been better on the road than they've been at home this season. I just can't, I can't get myself to the point where I'm going to tell you that they have no chance. I don't think they have the best chance. I don't think they have the second best chance. But this season in the NFL has just been weird. There's no other way to put it. It's just been weird. And why can't it be weird for Kansas City? So maybe that's me being a homer. Maybe that's me being an optimist. I don't know what the correct term is. I just can't get it in my – I just can't get my mind to tell you that the Chiefs have no chance of figuring this thing out. There's still time on the clock, so to speak. I, I'm i not going to 100% cross them off. Let's go to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Paul, you called into the drive. Hey, Paul, good evening, my man. Hey, good, great show. Hey, Brett Veach has done what 31 other NFL teams uh, could do, make our first uh, – ballot Hall of Famer looked pedestrian and took him out of the national conversation as a league quarterback. Brett Veach is no Howie Rosen or Jim Lewis. That's evident in what he's done to this team this year. Also, if you look, what's happening with, if you put a roster, if you dropped our first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback in Jacksonville or out in L.A. Chargers, I guarantee you those teams would be dangerous because of the weapons that they provide. Also, we got to be careful that this general manager doesn't have our first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback pulling Andrew Luck on us. If he does not provide the 
the necessary equipment and tools for this first ballot Hall of Famer to be successful, he may be on the golf course. And, uh, and that's a shame. And, that, and we could have had Hopkins to plug in a couple of skill receivers. And you guys called it back in July. Everybody, all standing sharp, all of them were like, hey, what are the Chiefs going to do? they got to get this first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Got to give him some weapons. Come around trade deadline. Howie Rhodes is making moves. Jim Lynch picking up Young out of Washington. What's our guy do? Nothing. Squad Dilly. Hopkins goes off in the end of the night. So, you know, I'm frustrated that our first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback is looking pedestrian, that they're taking him out of the national conversation. I put that onus on the general manager. Paul, I appreciate the phone call. Someone on the text line responded with, it's not Veach, it's Reed. Reed makes the personnel decisions. Veach carries them out. What do people not understand about this? I don't want this to sound poorly. I really don't care whose fault you think it is, honestly. It's both of their faults. They're Starsky and Hutch. They're a team. They're one and the same to me. Six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Both Andy Reid and Brett Veach have failed the Kansas City Chiefs and have failed Patrick Mahomes and have not built a championship-level roster around him that we think can win the Super Bowl with. It's both of them. So if you think it's more reach, cool. If you think it's more, it, it doesn't matter. The Chiefs don't have enough talent, and they look poorly coached. I, it, it's both of their faults to me. I don't think that either one of them ex- is exempt. I think that Brett Beach has a lot of leeway with what he wants to do, and I think there is a working relationship where Reed trusts him. Reed obviously has input. Obviously has input. Obviously. But Veach is negotiating these deals and making these signings and a part of the draft. And the no, Veach has failed in a lot of ways. And their philosophy failed. Their philosophy of get the best five offensive linemen and we'll figure everything else out. Well, they, they don't have the best offensive line. And everything else has failed around them. So you failed on putting skill position players around Patrick Mahomes. And your offensive line is average at best. You got an average offense. You got a team that can't consistently run the ball, can't uh, consistently protect its quarterback, and doesn't have offensive skill position players. The equation does not equal you having one of the best defenses in the NFL. Someone said, CDOT, our most winning coach has let us down. Come on. Watch the games. I don't know what to tell you. If you can't see that this team is undisciplined and poorly coached and has been making the same mistakes for the last four months, I don't know what to tell you. Andy Reid is a phenomenal head coach and is the best coach in the league. He has done a poor job with the roster that he has helped put together. There's no other way to put it. He's the offensive guru, right? He made it work with wide receiver with Todd Pinkston and Freddie Mitchell and all of these other guys. They have one good receiver currently on their team. They spent $11 million on MBS. He ran 61 routes yesterday. He didn't have a single catch in the game. Zero. Andy Reid's got to hold some of the blame for this. You have one of the greatest coaches that we have ever seen and a team that has been treading water now for two months. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back here on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. CDOT, can you at least wait until the season's over to talk about failing this season? I don't care how the rest of the season goes. Jawan Taylor was a bad signing. I don't care. I don't care how the rest of the season gone. They have failed at wide receiver. Now, maybe Patrick is good enough to still overcome those things, but and what their philosophy was and how they wanted to build this team and their philosophy was to pour resources into their offensive line. They poured more resources into their offensive linemen than they did that wide receiver room. They spent $80 million on a right tackle, And then after the draft, they went out and they spent a decent amount on the left tackle position. They spent money on their offensive line. The belief from the Chiefs was let's build the five best offensive linemen that we can and we will let everything figure itself out because we have 15 on our team. That philosophy offensively has failed this year. Maybe Pat goes out there and does some superhuman stuff in the final five weeks of the season, counting the postseason, and gets this team to a chance. But for the $80 million that you have spent on Jawan Taylor, that was a loss. was a loss. The way that they counted on MVS coming into the season, Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney, that was a loss. They have struck out on all of those things. So you can do the wrong thing and things still work out. Like, that happens before. They're not mutually exclusive. The way that they built this team and the philosophy of which they built this team was flawed and has fallen apart for the most part. Now, the question is, can Patrick Mahomes keep it together long enough to help you? Can Patrick Mahomes figure it out long enough to get you to a place where you can win in the postseason? The guy then follows up and says their philosophy was also to build a defense. You have a defense that can't take the football away. Their defense is really good at stopping the other team from scoring, which is a valuable thing. Like, I'm not here telling you that that's not valuable. Points per game is obviously valuable. In their last eight games, they've they've forced five turnovers. That's not enough for this team. So you built a defense that's not good enough to help you get to where you want to go, despite that they don't let teams like – that they don't let teams score. This team needs to be a far better take the football away from you kind of defense. And the fact that you force five in the last eight games for a defense that all of us think is really, really good, that's a skill. That's something you're looking for. That's something you coach up. That's something you coach up. Someone said, see that, I agree, but that's not a wrong way of thinking. Every team wants a good offensive line. They don't have one, though. You're right. The way that they think works. You can have a really good plan and not execute it. All of us have done that before. You had a really good idea, and then you started that idea in motion, and you realize, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't work. 
You know, it didn't work. No, their, their philosophy of let's build the best offensive line possible, it's a great idea. Do we think they've built the best offensive line possible? And they sacrificed that for putting more weapons in that wide receiver room. I will never let them say, well, the Chris Jones stopped you from improving the wide receiver room. No, he didn't. Not with the amount of money you had this offseason to spend on offensive line. You spent almost $90 million on left and right tackle. You had money to spend. You could have got an elite wide receiver. You chose to get a right tackle. You didn't get one. So you didn't get an elite right tackle, and you don't have good wide receivers. You failed on both ends. Let's go back to the phone lines. Carl, you called into the drive. Hey, Carl. Hey, see, I thanks for taking the call. No problem. Quick point. Agree with everything you just said. Uh, I mean, if, if we did have the best offensive line, you think we would see Patrick running around as much as we did or do. Um, and just a quick stat for you. I look back at the 2011 game where Tim Tebow came into Arrowhead. I want to say he completed, completed two passes for maybe 69 yards that entire game, beat us. And then I think the next year we drafted Eric uh, Winston. So, again, furthermore, investment in the offensive line. I think what's different between 2011 and today is at least we have 15, and I think all that we can do at this point is hope. Thank you, Sarah. I'll listen up the air. No problem, Carl. I appreciate the phone call. I mean, they might be in a situation where they need to reinvest in the offensive line next year as well. But they have to reinvest. I understand why the Chiefs built their team the way that they built it. I completely understand. But I, I firmly believe that how they won the Super Bowl last year was the worst philosophy for this year's team. The philosophy that they had last year was perfect for the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. It worked like a charm for that team. You went out in free agency, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, you made a couple of other moves, and you were the one seed, and it was the perfect philosophy to have. The Chiefs then doubled down on that philosophy this past season. You spent even more resources on the offensive line and you subsequently spent less resources at wide receiver. Well, I mean, we just got to protect Pat. Okay. He didn't look that protected yesterday. And for all the resources that you spent on the offensive line, you couldn't run the football successfully, and you don't have wide receivers that can consistently get open and create separation. Like You just do not have those guys on your team. And as defenses are changing and adjusting to where we are, like the way that defenses are changing and adjusting, you weren't prepared for the change. So now you're behind. You're behind. CDOT, a year ago, you killed them for not having better tackles, and we knew OBJ wasn't an answer. His revision is history. I have been on the side of they need to improve wide receiver for two years for two years, I wanted them to spend a first-round pick on wide receiver. I love Jordan Addison coming out. I, Jordan Addison would really help this team. I've been on this side all year, at least with their wide receivers. I don't know if I really killed them for not having better tackles last year. I, I, I think their offensive line was fine. I think their offensive line was fine last year. I also just – I also don't think that it's not – I don't think it's going to be that hard to turn things around because I don't think they need that much to turn things around. The Chiefs can get back to where they are with three right moves next year. You get two offensive skill position players. You make one improvement on the offensive line. You're back. You're back. 
their biggest re- their biggest problem now is you just don't have enough punch. There's not enough pop. There's not there's not there's not any player on their offense that scares you downfield. You go get that in free agency. You spend a little bit of money. You draft correctly. You build a wide receiver room that has Rasheed Rice and two additions. And now you're not asking Travis Kelsey to do nearly as much next year. You don't need Travis Kelsey to be a guy who has 1,500 receiving yards. He can be a guy who, what he is right now, which is still one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. You sure up the offensive line just a little bit, you're right back to where you were. They're not that far off. But I think what we're seeing with Kansas City is the margin of error has changed. And over the course of, I would say, the last three years, we have gone from, I would say in 2020, they were light years ahead of every other team in the AFC. The year that they went to the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, it was not close who the best team in the AFC was. It was Kansas City. And they have kind of come back to the pack in each of the last couple of years. Cincinnati got significantly better and has caught up to them in some ways. They beat them once in the AFC championship game. They played them really close the second year. And now to this year, they're no longer the best team in the AFC. I would say they're not the second best team in the, uh, in the, in the AFC. And now you're in a group of about two or three other teams that you can get hot and you've got a chance. But that's the fluidity of the AFC. But I don't think it nearly will take that much to get Kansas City back to where they were. I think they let some things go, and I think they forgot to water the wide receiver room. And that's really what they needed was you needed some new blood. You needed some new something in that room, and you just didn't add it this offseason. Coming up on the other side, we'll keep this conversation going about the Kansas City Chiefs and their loss yesterday on Christmas to the Raiders. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 